Hey friend, welcome back to the fifth season of the Life on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Amy Debrick, and this podcast is dedicated to helping women live with courage instead of fear. These conversations are meant to offer insight, encouragement, and hope to help you move ahead in your next brave step. I pray that each conversation or coaching tip will get you that much closer to living the life on purpose God has for you. For additional encouragement and community, be sure to go to my website at amydebrick.com and sign up to receive free resources and weekly inspiration in your inbox. Also, be sure to grab a copy of my book, Embolden. This is an encouragement journal I co-wrote with my oldest daughter, Blair, and is the great first step to learning how to be brave. If you're looking for some in-person events, we've just released the dates for this year's Focus Retreat. This Christian women's event is the perfect place to escape from distractions and focus on the things that matter most to you. Last year, we had entrepreneurs, coaches, businesswomen, and thought leaders from all around the world. It's an incredible opportunity to connect with like-minded women, and if there's something you might be interested in or want to learn more about, just go to thefocusretreat.com. And finally, if you're looking to host an event with your own people, the Lake House Retreat still has some dates open for 2024, so be sure to contact me for more information. Now with that, let's dive into today's episode. I hope you enjoy. Well, welcome everyone to the Life on Purpose podcast. This is day two. I am talking with Sue Moore Donaldson. You don't know that you're only hearing us this, this first conversation, but I had uh, Sue and I recorded the other day and lo and behold, there was no record. There was no record of the conversation. So Sue was gracious enough to come back on today. So welcome back, Sue. We're going to have a great conversation. I just know it. Thank you. Well, we had a good practice earlier in the week and, uh, so thanks for having me back the third time, actually, officially. Um, yeah. I think I may have said this on Wednesday. Who knows what I said? But it's kind of like someone asking for seconds that kind of flatters the host. Mm. Unless, of course, you don't have anything left. But <laughs> if they, if a college kid in particular says, is there more? I always feel so warmed. And so and and they feel, feel filled. So thanks for having me back. No, I- Pleasure to have you back. It's always good to talk to you. And, you know, last year we talked about hospitality. As you and I both know, that's a topic that never ages out. But today I wanted to just take a little bit of a different spin on hospitality. Normally when we think of hospitality, it's always what we're hosting and to other people. So there it will be a part of that that we'll talk about, one being the enemy of hospitality. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But first I want to talk about beginning hospitality in our own homes, having it begin there, starting with our own families. And I want to read something quick out of Proverbs that says, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. And I do think, you know, when the Lord gives us a family, extending hospitality to our family is really our first priority. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know your experience with that. I know, and I uh, hope you share again, when we had talked the other day, you shared about your mom and hospitality, and I'd like you to share about that again. But is this something, this, um, uh, you know, passion that you've taken on with hospitality, is it something you felt like was innate or was it something that was modeled to you? So share on that a little bit. Well, you know, more is caught than taught. And as a mother, that would annoy me because I much rather teach my kids than show them how to do it right. But they get a lot more out of watching their moms. And uh, that can be very guilt inducing, but it's also a great exhortation. 
And um, I interviewed my mom and my little sister right before I gave my first hospitality workshop, which was 30 years ago. You know, I was just going to give it to a bunch of women at our college women, actually, at our church. Right. And I thought it was no big deal, but they were in town. So I interviewed them and um, I, I talked to my mom about her hospitality because I was number four of five kids. So by the time I came along, my mother was known as the queen of hospitality. So I thought she would be giving me all these tips and everything. And she said, oh, no, Sue, I was not raised with hospitality. She was a pastor's kid in the Midwest. They didn't have a lot of money in the Depression. They didn't have enough money to actually feed their own household during that time. So that's a whole nother uh, thing. But because of that, she was not comfortable doing hospitality. And I think there is uh, one of the enemies, go, to go into your next point, of hospitality is uh, that we're not comfortable with it. And to go, you know, that it's a hackneyed phrase now to say, to go out of your comfort zone. But for many, it's a huge step out of their comfort zone. So my mom said, she told me this horrible story that went before, long before I was born, she had two, two boys, my two older brothers, in New Jersey. And my dad was a deacon and he invited the deacon board over for pie and coffee. Well, my mother knew how to make pie, but she didn't know how to make coffee, which is kind of, you know, nowadays people just, go to Costco and buy their pie and that's just fine. Right. But they certainly know they have so many gizmos for how to make coffee, but she didn't. So she said, Sue, I cut the, all the pie pieces. I'm put them on plates. Then I scooped out the vanilla ice cream. Cause of course, pie a la mode is better on all the plates. And then she said, I had this coffee pot I'd never used before on top of the stove and it had a vacuum top and I had to wait 30 minutes for it to loosen, you know, to, to calm, cool down so I could take the top off. And then she goes, and by that time, of course, the ice cream was melted all over the plates. And I was mortified. And I thought, oh, I said, I didn't think. I said, mom, I am mortified listening to the story. I said, why, why didn't you just serve the pie and coffee and tell the men that the, I mean, the pie and ice cream and tell the men that the coffee was the real dessert Anyway, plus they were probably all engineers like my dad, and they would have loved coming into the kitchen and figuring out this thing for this helpless woman. Yeah. yeah. Is that thing and you know what's funny about that story, too, mm. is I'm not a coffee drinker. Mm. I'm the one who's normally struggling with coffee, but I will bake whatever. Yeah. But the coffee makes me uh, nervous. Well, So it is interesting when you, it's something that you make a point of just instilling and modeling in your family, even if it's something that you're not naturally feeling inclined to do or feeling confident. And so really, which kind of leads into that enemy of hospitality. And I know you had mentioned about stepping out of your comfort zone, which is definitely easier said than done. Right. But a lot of times I find the real enemy is pride. And this is something oh. that pride is obviously no, no surprise. Yeah. And I asked my mom why, you know, when I ended that, when she ended that story, I said, why didn't you do that? She goes, Sue, I would do that now. And see, this was the voice of wisdom and age and experience. She had practiced it, failed, and then realized it didn't matter that she failed. Mm -hmm. See, and I think that comes from just trying and getting out of your comfort zone and you mess up the coffee. Oh, well, guess what? People didn't come for the coffee. They came because you invited them and they needed fellowship. They needed to be at your table. And God knew that. And so my mom just practiced. She practiced with her sister-in-law, who was her favorite friend, 
Well, I was growing up, one Sunday we would go to Aunt Joy's house for roast beef in the crock pot. And the Sundays in between, we'd have two roast chickens in the blue, big blue kettle or the big blue baker on time bake. I mean, my mom would race around Sunday morning. She had no idea who she was having for lunch, but she was ready. And so that's the way I was raised, you know, chicken every Sunday or in between roast beef at my aunt's. So one way to be more comfortable is, here's a little point here, a tip, is to find someone that you love and you're comfortable with, like my mother and Aunt Joy. <laughs> and they would share the labor and they would share the stress. Because even when my kids were little, that's when I had so much hospitality because I, you feel like you're a desert, on a desert island when you have small children. And uh, so I would invite friends in with small children, but it's stressful with small children. And so to have a friend, I would always invite these anchor friends, Debbie Weeks and Cecily Patty, because they would sit at the table and they would regale my new friends with stories and interview them, basically, because Debbie's always so interested in people while I'm finishing up the mess in the kitchen or corralling my kid or whatever it is. Yeah. No, I think that's you. And I think too, you're, you're, when it is new to you and I love the the buddy system because I think that's with everything. It's like having yeah. that um, trusted accountability partner that kind of can balance that because there's so many fears. And I think too, when we're afraid of, when we get caught in that mindset of we're afraid, more afraid of what others are going to think about us or our house or our food or the coffee or the this or the that, instead of what God really is asking us to do which is mm. just to lay those fears down and just welcome people in, whether it's your people in your household or people from outside. I mean, one of the things I love when you and I talk is hearing about all the, the regular hospitality that you do and hosting believers and non-believers. And there's no um, disqualification. Everybody mm. is qualified to show up. You don't have right. a, well, this is for this group and this is for this group. It's like, mm -hmm. The, it's an open door policy. And I think that that's rare, but I think mm -hmm. it's really something that women should be gleaning from. I know I do every time we talk because you just don't know who God has showing up at your door, how he's working through them. And I, I think until you're able to lose some of those, you know, fears of mm -hmm. you know, which pride, you know, the root of that, of, oh, I'm worried about this, or I'm worried about that. Maybe you're, you're worried about, oh, well, connecting believers and non-believers, oh, that, would, that wouldn't go well, or whatever. And kind mm -hmm. of dismiss some of those, but I do think women really have that. They have, you know, isolated groups, and sometimes that's appropriate for specific right. things. But, right. mm -hmm. but I do think when we're talking about hospitality, I think that there shouldn't be, um, there shouldn't, women shouldn't have to feel like they have to qualify to be there. It's just a, you know, Definitely. a welcome invitation. You mean the guests? Are you talking about the guests or the yes, host? The guests. Oh, yeah. You know, well, the definition of that comes back to the host, yeah. but that comes back to the host and how she's presenting it and being willing to step into that, into that discomfort. Like I'm connecting people that don't know each other, different faiths, different backgrounds, whatever. The host has to be willing and comfortable to do that, to allow the other things to happen? Well, it all comes down to trust. I mean, I've had, I've had many awkward situations at my table where I go, what in the world's happening here? But you just have to trust God that he's going to make use of 
bad coffee or bad pie. I mean, you really, it's not about you, the guest, the host. It is not about you. I'm talking to you, Amy. It is not about me either. And when I had 13 women over last night, uh, I would say half didn't know each other. Three were new to my house. One said it was the first time she was in my house because I had her over during COVID. So she was in the backyard. And uh, two were new to town. And one was a believer and one left the church 15 years ago. One was an atheist. One grew up Catholic and hated the church. These are people who are from varied backgrounds. And what brought us together was um, I gave two conversation starters. And I I can't really emphasize that enough. And it's not just to sell my product because you can buy them anywhere. But um, to start with something that's not um, threatening. I have one gal who's not a believer who's come twice before, but hesitates every time because she's incredibly shy. And so she reaches out in advance and said, do you know what two questions you're asking tonight? (laughs) She's the only one I tell, but it makes her at ease. And I said, they can be short answers, Michelle. And so, yes, last night's questions were what, because it was February, I said, What great thing did you do in 2023 that you will do again in 2024? So see, that's kind of a vague question. In fact, I hadn't even thought of my own answer. I I didn't even give that great of an answer. And then I said, in the second question, Amy, you make a little deeper so that you get to know each other better. Oh my gosh, we had such great answers. The second question was, what do you do when you're stuck to help you get unstuck? And like one woman says, I'm always feeling stuck. Another woman says, well, I always talk to my husband. Another woman says, I call my mother three times a day. Another woman said how she felt stuck in her business. Her her high school daughter gave her the best pep talk. I mean, it was so sweet. And because of people feeling vulnerable to answer a question that's not, I don't bring up, I don't bring up faith, but I had five questions five christians there out of 13 and so they we just automatically i mean one says i floss and then i read my bible i mean god comes up sure right <laughs> naturally though that's not a force naturally it's not yeah. force because we're not there to entrap people i think right. that's the of the devil and that's why christ and the church gets a bad name but you invite, I remember inviting neighbors, a recent widower, actually, an older gentleman up the street for Easter brunch. And his wife used to come to my neighborhood um, Christmas brunches, which I try to do every year. And so I invited him for Easter brunch. He said, yes. I said, well, bring fruit like Roberta used to, his dear wife. And then my pastor was like hammering away in a sweet way. Don't forget to invite people to Easter Sunday. So I thought, oh, great. So I had to go back around and I texted John and I said, I'm so sorry. I forgot to invite you to our Easter Sunday service. Would you like to come before brunch? He said, oh, no, thank you. I'll come for brunch. Mm -hmm. And then he and his uh, unmarried daughter, who's now moved in with them, came for um, they came for Thanksgiving this year, you know, and so they hear the blessing being said. They hear people talking about what they're grateful for but they have no interest in God. So God is drawing them through us being in their lives. But Amy, they won't be in our lives 
unless we invite them because I rarely get an invitation to their house. Very interesting. Yeah. And the devil, you said the enemy of hospitality is, of course, the devil, but it's pride. When I first gave my first workshop, we listed like a brainstorming on a chalkboard because we used to have chalkboards. You know? No, it was probably a whiteboard. But anyway, it was in someone's house. And we listed um, brainstorming all the reasons why we don't do hospitality. So now I'm speaking to 175 women next Saturday on this very topic. And I asked them to tell the person next to them at the table, what's one reason you would not do hospitality when you don't? Because we all do a little, maybe. Right. But what, you know, and they're legit. They can be legit reasons. So they chat, chat, chat. And then I list 17 and I usually cover every single one that's been brought up by 175, you know, and they're funny ones like my couch is too shabby or my dining table is also my homeschool table and the office and um, my husband's too messy or he talks too much or he doesn't talk at all. And my kids are too young or they're too old or I can't cook or I can't afford it. I mean, and so I said, you know, if I had all 17 reasons on the same day, I would have anybody over. I'm just, you know, I'm an honest person, right? Right, right. But what I did was I go through and I say every single one of them, almost, I put the letter P by, which was pride. So you hit the nail on the head. Mm. That is so true, right? Because it, it is, it, it comes back to my house isn't this. Okay, well, is that really the point of the gathering? Your house? <laughs> yeah. Is it, you know what I mean? And for oh, some, yeah. it could be, but then maybe that's not the person that should be hosting, right? Like you also have to have the right mindset, the right heart. Like you said, you're not trying to do the Holy Spirit's job. You're just welcoming people in and you're letting God do his work. I think there is something to be said, and I love that you kind of mentioned that, that it's not about us, but it's about, you know, like what God is doing with these people, but we have to be willing to just open our doors for them. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times we can get caught up in, I, this is going to sound, you know, probably not the way it should, but like, <laughs> we're, we're trying to act like God, we're mm -hmm. trying to connect the dots for them. That's mm -hmm. not really, that's not our job. We're just nope. there being ourselves and naturally, like you said, some, the five of you who were Christian women, were just answering in an honest way of how you would answer yeah. a certain question. And yeah. if God comes up with that answer, that's just who you are. And I think the beauty yeah. of that is watching women just organically mm -hmm. connect and relate like, Oh, I, I, I like this about her. Or I like that about her. And, right. and then that's where it's all the work is coming. We get so caught up sometimes on the back end thinking this has to be perfect. That has to be perfect. Or this will be too awkward or whatever. And like you said, there are going to be some awkward moments. That's just normal. Mm -hmm. That could be in a group of women that you've known forever and a topic comes up. So I think we have to, yeah, I think we have, I, I think that's key, right? Let's put a P I'll challenge the listeners today for any reason that's holding you back in hospitality for whatever that is, is the P getting in the way of that? So, yeah. And let me encourage the listeners too, that, um, pride has to do with, uh, we, it immobilizes us and it also is closely related to fear mm -hmm. and fear immobilizes us. And God says over and over, fear not for I am with you. So, uh, the fact is I have a, a big entryway. So when the doorbell rings, 
I have a long time to walk to my front door and I can say over and over in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I remember having this unbelieving couple over with a very strong believing couple and getting up to get some more water for them during the dinner. And it was an awkward silence. And I was desperately praying, Lord, what do I say next? Because I'm so good at facilitating um, conversation and it was not working. And um, so I just turned to the believing couple and say, tell them how you met. Oh my gosh, the story was amazing because they were like druggies when they met and then Christ saved them. And they were just so open about that. And I thought, okay, Lord, you know, you do with that what you want, but it wasn't particularly uh, my sweetest moment for me. Right. And the other thing I want to say as we close, because I know this can't go too long, is that the difference between hospitality and entertaining mm-hmm. is what we as believers need to remember, because entertaining emphasizes the host or the hostess. Mm. And hospitality emphasizes the guest do you see the huge difference so like even on a thanksgiving morning when my loved ones are coming like my brother was visiting i prayed that morning that i could meet the needs of my guests even my dear brother who would tell me his needs right but i didn't know his needs and we don't know the needs of the stranger but we don't even know the needs of our own children like god knows them and so god will meet those needs when our emphasis is on the guest. Do they need a drink of water? Do they need hot coffee? Do they need a bed? Did you hear the story about how I met these two gals at Trader Joe's? We just drove, we'd just driven in from three days of driving across country. So I was exhausted, but it was about four and we had no fresh food. So I told my husband, I'm going to go across the street. And thankfully, we're across the street. I'm going to go get some fresh food. Be right back. So I'm barely moving, you know, because you're sitting in the car for 12 hours a day. So I'm I'm pushing my car and I hear these two young women talking quite loudly in a different language, which is not that uncommon because it's California, but it's also a college town. So I'm used to young people, but it was summer, right? So I didn't recognize the language, but I kept shopping. So about 10 minutes later, I realized I'm clear across Trader Joe's. I still need shredded carrots. So I have to, you know, take my car. I want to go get the shredded carrots. I go back there. Well, these two girls have moved up in front of the shredded carrots. So I turned to them. I said, what language are you speaking? And they both turned to me. And before they can answer, I said, is it German? And then I said, is it Austrian German? And they both said, yes. And I said, well, what are you doing here? And so I heard their story. One had been a nanny in in, uh, DC. And she invited her friend from Austria to come and, and see the United States. So her trip, you know, her time was over in D.C. And they had a camper van they had rented in um, Las Vegas. So I'm telling them all these places they should see in my town. And then I realized they really don't have very much money. And so by by the responses to the restaurants I was recommending. And then I said, where are you sleeping? And they said, oh, well, we can sleep in our van, uh, but we do need some place to park it. And I said, OK, well, you can park it in front of our house. I live across the street. And I said, but I'm not cooking you dinner because I'm exhausted. And uh, they said, oh, no, they're so cute. We're buying food for dinner. We can cook it in our van. And so so I said, well, here's my number. Usually I get their number, but I I was just too tired. I said, here's my number. If you want to park in front, let me know. 
So I go home and I announce to my husband, who's just like, Whoop! you know, because he's an introvert and he's exhausted. I said, don't worry. Uh, he actually does very well with foreign people. We raised our kids with about 35 foreigners and we rented out our guest room. So he's actually better with foreigners. But um, so we're eating our meal in front of the television, just resting. And I get this phone call and it says Washington, D.C. Oh, before then, I said, what's your names? And the girls go, that's easy. We're both Sarah. So so I get this call from D.C. I go, oh, Mark, it's Sarah. I don't know which one. And um and they're out front. And I said, come on in. I said, you make your dinner in our kitchen. And so um, I go, wouldn't you rather have a hot shower and sleep in the guest room? And they go, oh, that would be so nice. Mm. So Mark is, my husband's texting our girls on the family thread. And my oldest daughter writes, mom, I know you love hospitality, but they could be serial killers. Do, <laughs> do they have to spend the night? And I said, they don't seem like they're serial killers. And so, but I did lock my bedroom door that night just in case she was right, you know. So the next morning I made them chocolate chip pancakes and we called. Oh, the reason I know it was Austrian. We had Austrian German friends who lived with us for a couple weeks. And so we called them on Voxer and <laughs> and they got to talk to my friend Pita in Austria. And it was such a delight. And that's the oh. end of the story. But, you know, those are Austrians now who have been in a Christian's home. And that's. That's just what happened. <laughs> yes, but the key to that story is knowing your guests, mm. knowing their needs, like you said. Serving you know? Yeah, asking their needs. Asking what their needs are. And so, yeah, I mean, I love that. I love that. I love the hospitality is about guests, your guests in entertaining. There is a distinction there. And I think a lot of times we blur the lines between the two, but that is a wonderful story of knowing your guests' needs and actually being willing, there also has to be willingness to, I would have been your daughters though. I would have been like, mom, they could be serial killers. Don't let them sleep in the, <laughs> let them sleep in their own van in the driveway. But no, and it's, it's not just, easy. You know, uh, it's, it's laborious. I, I would have preferred not to have to change the sheets again. Sure. That's something I don't like, but I thought, and I just changed them because our dog sitter have been in that bed. And so I changed them. And then, um, well, I guess I hadn't changed them by that point, but I knew I had to change them again because someone was coming. That's what it was. And I thought, oh, well, it's just worth it. And you do labor and God gives you strength. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Oh gosh, you got it. So that was my newest story from you, Sue. So I <laughs> could talk to you all day because they're so interesting, but I appreciate the insight and wisdom. And I really hope that somebody listening that has felt fearful or intimidated, you know, sometimes you just have to show up scared, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to things like hospitality. But I do think, it, you know, the takeaway today, knowing that distinction and really serving your guests and, and finding out what their needs are, whether it's the questions that you ask them when they come or, you know, just how you set it up, but having mm -hmm. the willingness encouraged to do it is the first step. So thank you so much for being on. Well, let me add just one more thing. I think uh, Christian women can get tripped up saying that, you know, I'm not a full-time missionary or I didn't go to seminary or I don't teach Bible study. That's just not who I am. And they feel that what they can't really serve the Lord full-time. We serve the Lord full-time with our homes, with our children, and then having their kids, come, their friends come in. And uh, so one thing is not better than the other. And my dear brother, 
doesn't drink coffee. And he told me years ago, he goes, I've found, and he was pastor, I found that people often just want a glass of water. And I, th I said, well, you know, that's biblical. Because when we offer a glass of water in the name of Jesus, we're being like Christ. And I said that to a friend of mine, and she has a little wine fridge in her front room. And so now when she has landscapers come or people who come, she always goes outside and said, would you like a bottle of water? And she always has it at the ready. And I've done the same with people who garden next door because we don't have professional gardeners. <laughs> and they so appreciate being thought of. Yeah. So that's one more little tip. Yeah. It does make a difference. It makes a difference. And it makes a difference in how people receive you and yeah. getting to know you and the like, no trust factor for sure. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing like it. If you uh, want to talk about the resource I'm offering. Yes. Uh, one is a prayer for hospitality for a hospitality heart, because it starts with prayer. But Lord, help me uh, do it your way and for you, not by my own strength. And then I think there's a recipe or two just because I like to eat. And then there are some mentoring worksheets because often mentoring happens at our tables and we don't know where to start in passing on to someone else what Jesus has taught us. And so the worksheets are just kind of a way to enable us to do it uh, well. And that's all free. Mm -hmm. That's your amazing. Listener. Those are wonderful resources to have. So I hope that you, anybody listening that is not familiar and just needs a first step, right? Sometimes it's the first step that trips mm -hmm. everybody up. Like if I just knew exactly. How to, so go to Sue's yeah. website, get utilize those resources. They are they are so helpful mm -hmm. to just get you started. Just do one and then see how it goes. It won't be as bad as you think. Show up scared. Yeah. Have your guests show up scared. You know, one of the things about, and I'm just going to finish with this, is that we hosted our first retreat. So I'm a part of um, a group that hosts the Focus Retreat, this yearly event. And one of the things that I will say that blew us away last fall was every woman that came, came alone. And they traveled from all over the country. Wow. I mean, they were like West Coast, East Coast, um, my gosh, Midwest, the, down South, the whole nine yards, but no one brought a friend mm. and they all showed up vulnerable and scared. And the first yep. night we did that, we had a VIP event and, uh, Jennifer, one of my co-hosts, she did this icebreaker question and we were shocked at how quickly and just authentically vulnerable these women were with complete strangers, ultimately mm. complete strangers. And yeah. so it was, and then, and within an hour, we saw side conversations and people connecting and it is a, it is just a magical thing to it's experience, magical. but mm -hmm. until you do it, mm -hmm. until you take that first step, um, you won't, you won't have, you know, won't know what it's like, but mm -hmm. it is something worth trying if you haven't done yeah. it. And if you've just paused for a while, maybe now's a great time to restart it for sure. Yeah. And also one thing we mentioned Wednesday when we didn't hit record was that hospitality doesn't have to be a huge event. It can be one person. Right. And so that's less intimidating, I think. And also one person gets more attention when I just take the time to do one person. And so, and also I would like to come speak in your area. If any of your listeners want to hear more about this um, just contact me and I'm booking for this year and the next. Thanks so much for being on Thanks. it. Thanks, Amy.
Well, friends, that's it for us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating, reviewing, or subscribing to the Life on Purpose podcast. I'll see you back here next week, but in the meantime, don't forget to live your life on purpose. God bless. Thank you.